so this is kind of like follow up from last week, but it's this is like a thought experiment. Did you, did your elementary school ever have like a um, good citizenship thing or like a point system? I think we did. Yeah. Yeah, like we we had, and to to keep it vague, we we well actually I don't think people can Google this. I'm I'm like 50 years old, so it, it wouldn't be on the Google <laughs> yet. But um, we had like a soaring eagle card whenever you were uh, a you did something nice or you weren't you weren't being a monster. So I, I'm I'm thinking we should bring that back for EV owners that don't have a vanity plate, mm. or that like I could walk around with like five dollar Starbucks gift cards and hand them out for people who resisted the urge to to have something uh, punny on their license plate. Do I get bonus points if I both don't have a vanity plate and I have my front license plate <laughs> properly mounted center front? Uh, I would then just get you a Phil's gift card instead. <laughs> Very good. Or I would just promise to buy you avocado toast whenever you're near a Phil's. But actually, does does the one in uh, the East Cut have uh, uh, food? They do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't all Phil? Do some Phil's not have food? I think the, the one in... Um, in North Berkeley, I don't think did, but it's also I don't live, I haven't lived in the East Bay for a bit, so I don't remember. Mm. Yeah. Also, Anyways, Phil's that, uh, give give food in your mobile app. I've complained about that that here before, but I mean, it's been how long has it been since they put that new mobile app out? Uh, version two, where you can order two of the same thing, uh, came out like two months ago, and that was the same time when they revamped their entire lineup, where uh, large became medium, and then. Uh, there was a new American size <laughs> incorporated. Right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with it. Um, they they did in that update add seasonal menu items, so the uh, iced cafe rosé got added, which I'm think I'm kind of burnt out on. So it's it's back to um, alternating between silk and splendor and uh, ginger snap. Ginger snap is is very good. Yeah. Probably pretty unhealthy, but pretty good. Yeah, I put stevia in it, like the lady from Breaking Bad, and somehow I I think that justifies it for me. Okay. You know, yeah. Well, the Apple Watch isn't complaining, so <laughs> yeah. I think it's smart enough. Though Johnny promised me it would be right. Uh, so I, I mentioned that there was breaking news, or there was something that that was going to require a rewrite of the show. So have you have you heard? Uh, no, I haven't. I'm I'm in suspense here. Um. So actually, I should probably lead with the thing that Alm wrote, but um, put the thing in the thing. Try to open Slack, not photos. Okay, so, so no ooh. This is this is a triple thumbs down. Oh, I, I so can I provide some context for why I was ooing? I'm perplexed. So sure. Um, so you sent the link in the thing, and I saw that it was an Allbirds link. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping that it was going to be new colors, but that's not what this is. So they do have new colors because um, uh, Instagram keeps. I gotta. I have to find the thing. We're actually hold on. This is gonna be a very disjointed conversation, but I think this synchronized over from my photo. Uh, I've been doing car research, and mm. Volvo is is really apparently Facebook and Google are really tracking tracking what I'm searching, but Volvo has ads that are just right up my alley. So I now now I'm thinking if I get an XC60 comes with a cool dog. Is that like a built-in dog crate? I have no idea, but it seems pretty cool. That does seem pretty neat. Yeah. Huh. Oh, also related actually. I'm just going to unload all this stuff. Um, you know how I'm 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 generally pretty uh wary and kind of um thumbs down to commercial dogs on Instagram or sponsored content with dogs on Instagram? Yeah, we're on the same page there. Yeah, the only one that does it well is uh, Maxine the Corgi. This is pretty good. So this is a Dog Days of Summer <laughs> featuring. Well, I, I don't, I don't like the fact that this Instagram handle refers to uh, Mad Max, but I'll look past that. Well, no, because this is the best part. Because her name is Maxine the Corgi, but she goes by Mad Max because pretty much all of her content is like movie quotes and stuff. It's actually really, really fun, and she rides around New York in a little backpack on the subway, but not in like a like a twee way, like but like in an actual cool way. But I like yeah, but the thing you, where. But have you ever seen that Mad Max movie? I have not. God no. It's, it was. It bad. seems hyper violent. It was very bad. I thought. I thought people liked it. They did, but I hated it. Oh well. Well, we, we won't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> spoilers and such right but you have a thing like hey, maybe you can upload this to imager or whatever but i i do like that the, the features that I, uh welsh corgi and the bmw x3 share are uh low center of gravity and intelligent personal assistant i, th- I thought that was that was well done yeah we will uh we'll find we'll find the technology to put these in the notes yeah what were we talking about before this all birds mm-hmm. yeah but not <laughs> not new colors or did you say they had new colors they do. Oh, that was a, that. That's how this all got started. So yeah, Instagram ads. Half of my half of my Instagram ads are for uh, midsize SUVs and uh, direct consumer companies. So Allbirds keeps advertising that they have like this electric lime or like electric yellow color, which seems kind of neat. But actually, there's been some some hate on Allbirds recently, and I think I'm kind of starting to sympathize with them. Like people are are try are suggesting that they're kind of like the sweatpants of uh silicon valley shoes <laughs> and i'm kind of agreeing and also where where why can i not find this twitter.com slash om um yes okay so the irony so you can also put this in the show notes sorry i'm making do all the work uh so Am malik is uh you probably remember him he used to he's a he's an investor but he also used to run the website that was kind of big in the early 2010s uh giga Om yes that sounds familiar yeah it was kind of it was a contemporary to tech crunch back when the internet was smaller back then but yeah so yeah the big news of the past day of uh, 36 hours is that Allbirds now has socks so we, the thing he points out is that when uh Allbirds came out the whole point was that they said that uh uh they called them wool runners uh woolen running shoes specifically designed for sockless wear so how do you now make socks that's like when Casper said that they developed the one mattress that was going to end all mattresses, and then now they have like three of them because they, they they knew there was more money to be made. Am I am I out of touch for not realizing that all birds were meant to be worn without socks? I I, I legitimately didn't know that was a thing. I think you are either out of touch or too in touch for just knowing that all birds exist. Because I just I think nobody outside Northern California knows that all birds are a thing. That's probably true. Yeah. But also, yeah, he, he's, uh, yeah, uh, I can't for the love of God figure out why folks wear these abominations, the equivalent of shapeless sweatpants in the form of shoes. Kind of agree. I, I like my, uh, like Merlot red or like, cause I, I'm like, I'm a huge maroon person that that's been my, uh, fashion kick recently, even though I don't have any taste or in fashion, but yeah, all birds, I'm no, cause at least, at least with like Nike or other brands, there's enough variety where it's likely, even if you have like a swoosh on your shoe, it's really unlikely you're wearing the same shoe as somebody else. Whereas if you have like the, the tree runners, the wool runners in San Francisco, you, you and fucking every fifth person on the street. So that, that doesn't really bother me. Um, what I'd say about Allbirds though, is these are not the kind of shoes that you should be wearing to work or any sort of you know, not even necessarily formal outing, but just any kind of like nicer outing. These are not the kind of shoes you want to be wearing. These are the walk the dog in the winter kind of shoes, which is primarily what I use mine for. That's not the impression I got. I, I always thought, I, I didn't think they were like loungy shoes. I thought they were just kind of like everyday casual shoes where most people would wear sneakers. Like, yeah, you're not going to wear them to a, they, they actually, no, I, I always thought they would kind of fit with business casual. Mm, see i know like not, not not not, not smart casual because apparently there's a difference but mm-hmm. like i've kind of you know i used to be all about like vans or similar type shoes but i feel like i've sort of graduated past that point in my life and i'm now like kind of the cole Haan type and you know the, 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 let's let's be clear a cole Haan outlet type because you know i'm not made of money three things with that so Van vans are the threadless t-shirts of of, of, <laughs> of, of shoes. That is a fantastic analogy, and that needs to be the show title. Uh, I already forgot what I said. <laughs> um, so, which one are you? That, I, I, I don't know. Am I, am I, am I Mike? I hope. I'm. <laughs> is that with a Y? Did, did you or listen, did you listen to Upgrade? I did. This week? Mm-hmm. I I like the part where they're like they're like, oh yeah, we're not anti Mac. Yes, you. Yeah. Anyway, I, I I still love the show, but um, I very much fast forwarded uh, the whole section on the favorite parts of the beta after I spent twenty minutes talking about the beta. I kind of I kind of zoned out of that part. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, so the Vans are the threadless equivalent of shoes. So I, 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 I've never found Vans to be comfortable. Same thing with Converse All-Stars. Like, just, no, just get, just get some plain, some plain Nikes. Or I'm actually, so Cole Haan, I found those to be really co- uncomfortable. And also, please be, please keep in mind that Cole Haan Outlet is a similar situation to Banana Republic where they make worse stuff for that channel directly. It's very rarely like the, the name, the name brand stuff. No, I, I'm, I'm aware, but it's, it's, you know, kind of what I can afford. <laughs> that mm. or mm. around the holidays, Cole Haan proper does some pretty good deals, but full price or even, partially discounted regular Kohan pretty expensive so is Kohan still owned by Nike or did they get um spun out oh i have no idea Kohan Nike the whole corporate structure thing that's more of your wheelhouse well yeah you have to know who's a subsidiary of what it's hard to keep track of Nike nope in 2012 Kohan was bought by a private equity firm there you can of course they are mm-hmm. uh lemon pandora all right um what was i gonna say oh yeah so the thing with um I'm, I'm a big fan of echo shoes they're very comfortable but they're also in a similar situation with colon where the the proper like name brand ones it, sales are hard to come by it's definitely not a banana republic style thing where it's always 40 to 50 percent off echo shoes i've never heard of these so e e c c o yeah of course yeah well not like amazon echo shoes <laughs> which just give it time Ooh, they sell golf shoes that's neat yeah they're they're super comfy they're very very durable and if you want some dress shoes that are actually you can just walk in all day they're fantastic um but yeah pricey generally like 150 no matter what and quite a bit more than that in some cases here oh are, are these tariffed <laughs> I think they might be uh yeah all right anyway um so yeah so uh so you can put the link to um's hot take on the Alberts thing but yeah i don't i don't this thing it seems like too much this is kind of like the well actually away has kept their um their core product lineup pretty pretty tight oh it's away travel not away.com i don't, I don't want to go to away i don't know what that's gonna be I thought we kind of got on a ways case for, huh, okay, I didn't mean to do that. Um, mm, about <laughs> that was intentional. <laughs> it really was. Otherwise. No, no. I, okay, I remember this. Yeah. So I like I wasn't. I'm a fan that they make packing cubes, but I think they're too costly. But you had a uh, had um, a negative reaction to like their travel, like to their um, TSA compliant backpack being super super expensive. They were getting a little, they were not staying in their lane, I think, as you say. Yeah, it is. That is what I say. Yeah. And also what I'm seeing for the first time here is in addition to the packing cubes, which I'll agree, they're a little pricey, but I think they're excellent. And they actually seem affordable when you see their uh, centerfold garment sleeve, which is $65. And at first, I thought this was like a thing to put in your suit jacket, but I don't even really necessarily think it's that. No, it looks like it only fits dress shirts. But also, how how does this make them not wrinkle? I really don't think it does. Like, they claim it does, but I don't think it does. That's not how shirts work. Hmm. Although the thing that I'll say that they're smart about, which is also the case with the packing cubes, is... If you go out and buy just off-the-shelf packing cubes or kind of any other sort of packing accessory like that, it's hard to find exactly the right fit for your particular bag. So the fact that they make this stuff, you know, sort of custom fit for their bags, that's really, that's smart. Yeah, because Peak Design also sells packing cubes, but I don't think they have like a joint venture or something like that. So yeah, that's that's the thing where like my Eagle Creek ones, they like I bought like a, a six pack, like um, small, medium, large kit thing. And like two of the six don't fit well, but the other four do. So good enough. Yeah. Like I actually bought just some like Amazon basics ones for my larger travel bag that I'll use for, um, well, longer trips. 
<laughs> and <laughs> you know the 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 away ones obviously fit like a glove in my away suitcase but then when i bring those amazon ones in my bigger non-away suitcase you know th they sort of fit but they kind of have to stack on top of each other kind of funny it's it's not not the same experience as with the away packing cubes yeah so going going back to the centerfold garment sleeve uh, are you still on that page? I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm watching so, the uh, so so the, fit, fit, the fifth picture GIF. down. Mm -hmm. uh, a dedicated pocket square zipper. Yeah. Who doesn't want that? Too cool for me. Which you can also apparently put your uh, comb in as well. It's kind of an odd combination. Yeah, and and a single clothespin. Right. There's one other thing related to this. Oh, yeah, and I think we may have already reeled against this, but they have this new thing where basically they just slapped on like this weird pouch on the outside of it and looks like they put zero effort into it. It's a little weird. I've actually seen a couple of those in the wild, which I've been sort of surprised by. Like, I don't know. Maybe it looks better in person, but it really does not. Like, it really looks like, um, you know, those little like uh, sleeves that people have where they just want to carry like their MacBook just on its own. Right. It looks like somebody just put some like uh, 3M tape on the back of that and stuck it to it. <laughs> so one one last thing on a way. <laughs> so the other accessory that they sell is they just call it the DOP kit, which, you know, the, I think what it is is sort of in the name. And unlike with the packing cubes and the, the garment thing, which... Clearly, there's been some special design put into to, you know, exactly fit in your away suitcase. This DOP kit, like, just literally looks like the world's most generic toiletry bag. And it's, you know, what is it here? $45. And there doesn't seem to be anything particularly unique about it. Like, no special pockets. It's it's just literally you know, opens up through standard zippers and you just put stuff in it. Yeah, and then the last thing, like the marketing copies, uh, they used to have the world's best tagline, which is um, first-class luggage at coach prices or economy prices or something. And the new one is that they've been using on podcasts recently is this season everybody wants to get away, like just capital A. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, first-class or economy prices is that's that that give that person a raise or give them a yacht or whatever 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 the the um. The bonus people get give, in. Give, give them, give them one of these uh, dop kits. Give them some balloons. <laughs> yeah, There's right. a helium shortage. <laughs> I don't think we'll get to that, but people can astute listeners will go check tech meme for whatever was popular on Wednesday at ten o'clock Pacific. Anyway, oh yeah, the socks. Anyways, stay uh, stay in your lane. Uh, all birds. Actually, maybe 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 actually no, maybe branch out and make shoes that are differentiated. I don't know. Who knows. Are you um like a fancy sock person? Like, do you have like expensive socks, or do you just kind of? This is gonna be uninteresting to literally everybody, but um, kind of. So I actually I, I I have many 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 dress socks, and I have like it's probably maybe split between um two fifths of them are fun. Like I've got some pencil socks. I've got some that have sharks on them and bulldogs on them, and it that's all fun. And then the other three-fifths are uh, just generic, but they're nice materials. And then actually, a uh, pro tip for people, uh, Uniqlo has really good, like not like uh, quasi-dress socks that are super affordable. They're like three, uh, three pairs for $10. And they come in a ton of different colors. They go with almost everything. Um, and they're easy to replace when they wear out. So the, not, not to get too personal here, but the, the other like fun socks as you say and your other dress socks like are you where are you getting those from are you getting them from one of those the fancy online stores are you outlets or what i'm a, I'm a fan so i <laughs> i appreciate that you're leaning super hard into outlets because yes uh i whenever i am uh, you know i assume you probably do the same thing when you're by costco in nevado you go yeah, you uh -huh. stop by the nordstrom rack and then they've got a massive massive sock, uh, sock collection so, so I enjoy uh, the uh, the happy socks. They're fun. Uh, I, like a, I like a good stripy sock. And um, yeah, I, I really have a soft spot for my pencil socks. Last outlet-related topic. They're, <laughs> they're not a sponsor, although at this point they really should be. But the uh, Banana Republic outlet, extra 50% uh, off this weekend. 
Yeah, or I mean, you you can get the friends and family sale even at uh, Banana Republic proper. You can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel bad for Banana Republic, just because of how poor retail is doing. Old Navy is the only growing Gap brand, whereas Gap and Banana Republic in particular are are contracting all ton. And and just feel it's it feels like a bummer to see Banana Republic literally everything everything always being 40 to 60 percent off yeah because they were one of the the few approachable uh fashion brands that was within reach for most people right unlike the poorly named design within reach which is not within reach Mm -hmm. and also i have a vendetta against (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right uh you want to start the show let's go to the document and let's put our cursor in the garden and let's do the thing oh so can i um i could take a screenshot of this and um put this in the the show notes right this that won't there's nothing nothing personal here i don't think there's anything proprietary there okay good um so this is um what we referenced last week when we were talking about your obsessive clicking in the document and you made a mention not obsessive it's anxious (laughs) that's a difference actually i think (laughs) think the name i gave is worse but (laughs) uh and you made you made reference to something called the garden and so you took the liberty for making the following week's show notes thank you for doing that and at the top you've put in said garden and it's basically just a series of emojis that give you a place just to sort of click away freely and we'll we'll put a screenshot of this in the notes yeah, this was one one million percent not my idea. Somebody on Twitter posted this, um, but it has been something that I've adopted on a couple of like shared documents. Um, and it makes more sense when there's like nine people actively on a call looking at a document. If there's only two people, the garden serves less of a purpose. But maybe for me, when I'm anxiously clicking, maybe maybe it'll just, <laughs> I'll be doing it next to the bumblebee or the uh, or the duck. Hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, we already talked about the apple card planet. Well, okay. Let's let's get in the follow up. So. The Apple Card we talked about uh, enough last week, but there have been a couple of new things that came out. So the first one I actually don't understand, and I think you had the same question that I did, where um, I think it was uh, Nomura, like research analysts, said that Goldman Sachs is spending up to $350 on average to acquire customers through... Uh, their partnership with Apple. And that kind of confuses me a little bit. Like, I, I understand there's overhead in creating rewards programs and, and credit checks and all that kind of stuff. But that part doesn't actually make sense to me. Or I guess maybe it, is this, did Apple somehow find a way to scheme to, uh, something where they it's literally only upside for them? I have no idea. Like, I, I'm I'm not under the impression that Apple Car doesn't cost Goldman Sachs anything. And I'm also not suggesting that they don't spend any sort of marketing dollars or anything in the way of, you know, getting people to sign up for it. But $350 just seems like a ton of money. And I'm just, I'm really curious what form that that takes. And unfortunately, this uh, research article doesn't seem to go into that detail. Because I'd love to know if it's straight marketing or if it's literally just they've cut Apple a massive check and, you know, kind of with the assumption that a certain number of people would sign up. I, I am very, very curious. I mean, maybe they're factoring in the, I mean, because even though we, we railed against it where Apple tried to pretend they made a revolutionary product, but it just has slightly better than average interest rates. Maybe they're, uh, um, kind of like pre-calculating lost revenue on slightly better than average interest rates. I don't know. But also like this in this card, the card doesn't have a sign up bonus or anything where that, where that's included at all. No, no. Or I mean, unless, or maybe, I don't know if maybe they're including some portion of the cash back that the customer's getting. Like, I don't know if that's like, if but the they... cash back on the card sucks. So, I mean, like, that's the thing where the only company that is giving good cash back is with Apple. And then Apple is saving by not paying the 2.7 to 3.5% interchange fees. Hmm. Yeah. And then also CNBC had a, a slightly related article earlier, or sorry, late last week, um, where 
Apparently, like the Apple Card or, or sorry, the the backing bank, so Goldman Sachs is maybe at like it was it was vague as to whether or not this was um, maybe at Apple's behest, but approving many credit card applications, uh, admittedly with not high limits of borrowers who generally would not be approved for unsecured credit cards. Which I'm not sure I'd have a lot to add here, but interesting. Yeah. Again, just like kind of shows not. Not Apple's desperation, but maybe like their, I don't know, their their eagerness to drive adoption for something like this uh, before the recession hits. We should uh, also take the opportunity here to issue uh, kind of a self-correction. We fell into the upgrade trap where they had mentioned that the card was announced at WWDC. That was wrong. We repeated it here, which was also Wait, so, wrong. So, so you're playing you're, you 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 cheated off their test, and then now you're mad at them. Oh no, I'm not mad at them. I'm I'm pointing the finger here. I mean, mostly at you. No, it's it sounds like you're you're saying I, I copied their paper and uh, <laughs> there I was wrong. Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. Yeah, but the card the card was announced at the services event because of course it was because this is money as a service, <laughs> right? interest as a service mm. yeah i had to make sure we don't use threadless as the uh <laughs> <laughs> money as a service it is yeah we'll we'll, um, we'll, we'll workshop that <laughs> um all right so hmm. actually we don't have a lot this week so un- actually we will talk about game consoles a little bit i, I, yeah, I will let's do that i will open a grapefruit spin drift and put my mic on mute and let you talk for a bit I thought I heard you open something else a minute ago. I mean, not to call you out, but it's extremely warm. So I have already drank uh, the lemon spin. <laughs> <laughs> it's so damn hot. <laughs> um, it, and it's also like it's it's not that humid, but it's humid enough where it's just kind of gross outside too. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, feels like Florida. Ugh. Um. So we've we've talked on this show about how. Going into this generation of consoles, everybody, including myself, sort of thought that with the migration of a lot of gaming to cell phones uh, or mobile phones, as you say, that you know this this might be kind of the last generation of consoles. And not only does that appear to to not be the case, especially in light of the fact that Sony and Microsoft have both now confirmed their their next consoles. But this generation of consoles has actually sold better than almost any generation before it. So to kind of put some perspective around this, the PlayStation 4 just sold its 100 millionth console. And um, they did that in 67 months which is kind of just like an arbitrary number until you compare that to other consoles. So if you can compare that to the PlayStation 2, which is considered one of, if not the most popular console of all time, it did that in 69 months. And then this was the one that I found most surprising, the Wii, which if you remember at the time, could not have been more popular and could not have been considered a bigger success than it was. It took 79 months to reach that mark. So this Ars Technica article, which we'll, we'll also put in the notes, just sort of put some perspective around what we've been saying for a little while here, which is this generation of consoles has been kind of remarkable. And in a lot of ways, console gaming is more popular than it's ever been, which is definitely not something I expected. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm constantly like I've I've been uh, banging the drum on on the story that game consoles are over with and this is gonna be the last console forever because it's all gonna be mobile gaming or alternatively something like uh, the Nintendo Switch for people who want to do stuff on the go. But yeah, I I, I don't get it. Like who where where is this coming from? Yeah, I, I haven't really read a great article that's um, kind of dove into that but if i had to sort of guess and speculate i i would say some of the things driving that are 
cost in some ways, like console, especially in terms of relative dollars are basically the cheapest they've ever been. And for they they are, I mean, because didn't this launch as one of the most expensive generations, like didn't the Xbox one and the PS4, when they came out, didn't they launch at like four and $500 respectively? So the PlayStation 4 launched for less than the PlayStation 3 because the the PlayStation 3 was outrageously expensive. It launched at like $600. The Xbox One did launch high because it it came packed in with a Kinect, but Microsoft pretty quickly fixed that. And then over time with the Xbox One S, they've lowered the price even more. Uh, but I think even more importantly than that, I think what's really been driving these consoles is just the quality of the hardware and also the quality of the games. Because you you basically now for, I think I think the going rate for like a, a PlayStation 4 Pro or an Xbox One X, which are the, you know, the higher end versions of each console, I think those are somewhere between like three and four hundred dollars. And I think you'll generally get like a game bundled in with that. You know, you're getting, you know, 4K capable gaming, basically computers at this point for basically like a quarter of the price of like what a comparable PC would cost. So I think the the quality of what you're getting is is really high. Yeah, but then they get you with uh, those eight megabyte memory cards that you need to save your game. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's 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 definitely like hard drive space has become a thing. Although, to their credit, both Microsoft and Sony have really good support built in for external drives, which is really nice. There's no DRM concerns. No, they're both pretty good about that. So, I have a question. So, and this this is probably like this is probably a, a bad um, hypothetical, but like, is the the growth in console gaming is not coming at like I I just have to assume that PC gaming is shrinking. But there's no way the numbers are comparable, right? Like it's probably contributing to it. But I, I, I think I think PC gaming is also doing better than it's ever done before. No, I think the the I think it is. Um, Steam Steam has been continued to be really successful, and then the thing that's been really interesting is over the last year there have been a couple of um, competing storefronts that have opened up, including the Epic storefront. Is that the one that everybody's mad about all the time? Well, people, it depends on who you ask. People are mad at basically all of these stores. Steam is the one that's not very good, but people love it anyway, right? Steam suffers a lot of the same problems that the App Store does. It's like super rough. Remember when we both, or you convinced me to download and install Firewatch? Yes. And Steam for the Mac is literally the worst app ever made. Well, yeah, for the Mac, it's, yeah, it's not great. But on Windows, the app itself is fine, but it's just the store has been overwhelmed with just crap oh yeah so there's a bunch of apps trying to be vpns and charge you 50 dollars a week not so much that but just literally like kind of junk games that people will charge you 20 bucks for that you know hardly run that kind oh of okay so so the gaming equivalent of shovelware yes okay and steam yeah. like the app store just doesn't really have a great way of curating that stuff and kind of bringing it to the forefront, like even their search doesn't work particularly well. And then the stuff that ends up on the homepage tends to be somewhat arbitrary slash, you know, is skewed overly towards like big name developers as opposed to maybe more independent developers. So it, it's it's definitely the um, App Store equivalent on the kind of Windows PC gaming side. Yeah, although I will give um, the App Store credit where, was it iOS 12 or iOS 11, where they introduced, they kind of revamped it and they did kind of the editorial story approach. Yeah, but they, they copied the UI from Apple Music, so it's automatically bad. No, Apple Music is bad, but I, th- I think it worked for the App Store. Like, I, I think the App Store has tons of problems, but I think at least from that, I think that actually did solve a lot with discoverability or at least bubbling some of the best stuff up to the top. Because like once you have a million apps, like, it's difficult for um, search to be the only way people find stuff, even though Apple kind of in, uh, introduced sketchiness by doing paid search on apps. 
Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I immediately take it back. I talked myself out of my opinion. <laughs> uh, okay, can we talk about one other game thing? And this has been something that's been in the uh, grab bag section for like eight years. Mm-hmm. So this is a question for you. So wait, do you have an Xbox or do you only have a PlayStation? I have an Xbox One S. Yes. Does that support Xbox Game Pass? Yes. Can you explain what Xbox Game Pass is and do you think it is a good thing or a bad thing? Because the reason why I bring this up is that I have the Hulu with ads uh, sponsored by Spotify and every sixth ad is for Xbox Game Pass. So Xbox Game Pass is a subscription service where you get access to all first party Microsoft Xbox games as well as some select third party games. So it's it's sort of like the um you know online video streaming service of your choice version of the Xbox. It's the Netflix of games. Everything is the Netflix of something or the Uber of something. I, I, I wanted to get away from that term, which is why I kind of kept it generic. But yeah, but yes, <laughs> but yes, you're right. It's the Mog of games. Yes, um, and it, it is by all accounts a, a very, very popular service. I mean, it's it's a heck of a deal. They've been doing this thing. I don't know if it's still going on, but it was like if you had an Xbox Live Gold subscription, you could basically for like. I think it was like an additional one dollar a month for yep. the for the term of that. <laughs> so was that in the ad? That's yep, a dollar um, for all the games you want. Yeah, so you basically added a dollar a month on top of that subscription, and you got access to Game Pass, which on its own I think is maybe ten dollars a month, fifteen dollars a month. Um, so whether it's good or not, for from a from like from again to use your term from a gamer's perspective. It's it's great. It's a it's a phenomenal deal because games on you know on the console side are consistently sixty dollars a piece. So to have access to, I don't know how big that the um, Game Pass library is now, but I think it's well over a hundred games. To have access to all that content, um, even at like ten bucks a month, is a pretty good deal. Um, I think the story on the kind of developer side maybe is a little more complicated um i mean microsoft predominantly um focuses on games that they themselves publish so i mean they're they're kind of dog fooding the service so that's that's good um but the economics for third-party games that are available on the service that i'm i'm not so sure about is the complaint that they're teaching people that stuff should be subscription only and therefore third-party developers are at a who don't want to agree with those economics are put at a disadvantage? Is that it? I probably subscriptions are not so much the concern because so many games are moving towards kind of subscription-like models, either directly through a monthly subscription or through just sort of a plethora of DLC and season passes and stuff. So I don't think developers have so much of a problem with that, but I would imagine the bigger issue is presumably because Microsoft is losing money hand over fist with a service like that, given the aggressive way they've priced it, um, it it sort of artificially lowers the expected price of games, kind of a la like movie pass for movies. I mean, that might be movie pass. Yeah, movie pass might be an extreme example, but isn't this isn't this just Disney plusifying it? Yes, the Disney Plus would be another uh, really good example. Yeah. So, and is there a timed release window? Like, is it uh, to go back to Disney Plus? Is this a thing where? Like it's in, or I assume how it's going to work with Disney Plus, where it's in theaters, it's on Blu-ray, and then like four months later or nine months later, it's on, it's on streaming. Or is this like day and release the next big hit title from a Microsoft studio? Or is Bungie a thing still? Uh, they are, but they're they no longer uh, work with uh, Microsoft. Um, they were let go by Microsoft and acquired by Activision. And though they've actually now been let go by Activision and are now an independent developer again. Um, but to answer your question, a day and date, I think is the technical term you're looking for. Thank you. Um, and yes, on game pass for Microsoft published games, they become available on game pass the same day that they are released on disc and for download. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still still yeah, still no interest in ever getting a gaming console. Other than Playdate. 
or a switch to to play goose game but <laughs> the the xbox one s i bought primarily for um the 4k blu-ray player because it it somehow is still basically like the cheapest 4k blu-ray player you can buy i don't really know how that's possible but I'm sure now there are some alternatives, but for for a very long time, it was significantly cheaper than basically any other uh, UHD, I guess, as you refer to them. Um, And I've used it for that a fair amount, so I feel like I get my my money's worth from it, from that. I I don't really play games on it, though. Maybe maybe that's why Format Wars exist, where wasn't that the thing where uh, for the PS3... Because remember last generation, um, and again, wow, my memory is so fuzzy because I'm not a gamer. The th- the 360 didn't they side with HD DVD, and no matter what, it was an add on thing. Yeah, so the in the last generation, Sony was all in on Blu-ray. So the the PlayStation Three came with a built-in Blu-ray drive. The Xbox kind of hedged its bets and shipped with just a regular DVD drive, but then you could buy an HD DVD USB external drive that you could use with it. Yeah. But that was the whole thing where the PS3, everybody was like, oh yeah, buy it because it's the cheapest Blu-ray player you can get. So right. maybe that's their thing. Every generation is that they, there's some weird media format that it happens to be the best at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, I don't know. I, it can't, it games, games are tricky. Yeah. All right. Uh, go back to the document. Not on the outliner. All right. Uh, we should also maybe take the, the chance here to apologize for any background noise that is making its way through our highly sophisticated editing and filtering process because it's about 140 degrees here in the Bay Area. So we are uh, blasting fans, keeping windows open. Although I guess you, you said you closed all your windows. Well, yeah, I don't want anybody to hear this show unless they want to. <laughs> I gonna I want people to opt in. Right. Yeah. Uh uh let me see. I could have sworn I had some um actually let, let, let's 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 can we can we do a quasi still or sparkling thing? Sure, always. Okay. All right, so yeah, I had I had some offline notes about this. Um what 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 are your thoughts of uh nitro cold brew? I'm not really a fan of nitro anything whether it's cold brew beer whatever i don't hate it but i would never go out of my way to have it isn't all beer nitro kind of or at least in the in like its texture i thought that was its whole thing no Hmm. well but yeah i i i was wondering if like you had an opinion on because it feels like so nitro cold brewers nitro coffee in general like was an invention of like Stumptown Coffee and a few like uh, other coffee places in Austin, and then Starbucks just kind of stole it. Like, w- what is your read on that? Where it used to be kind of a boutique thing, and now Starbucks just found a way to charge four dollars and eighty five cents for cold coffee. Well, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually specify nitro cold brew there. I would say cold brew in general. I mean, not to. Not to be the guy who says they got in at the ground floor of something before it got popular, but you know, I I I drank cold brew like well before like the Starbucks and Pete's of the world started carrying it, and now it's it's literally everywhere. And and not to call you out or to, or to suggest you're not you're like to question your cred, but cold uh, iced coffee and cold brew are different things. Oh, very very different things. Yeah, because iced coffee is gross yes exactly uh because it just it just feels like yeah drinking like an oil filter well so i mean the whole point with cold brew or one of the main points of cold brew is through the different brewing process you get a, a coffee which is much lower in acid which for acid reflux and for i think just general taste makes the coffee a lot better and you know iced coffee it it's you know you're just taking hot coffee and putting it in ice so you're you're not getting any mm-hmm. of the, the benefit of of cold brew yeah you know actually the the you're bringing up of cold brew is timely i i don't know if you subscribe to the um sort i don't know if they're newsletters or what from anova you you have an anova sous vide right 
I, I do, but I think when it tried to get me to connect it to Facebook, I turned, I, I noped right out of that. I don't think I'm connected to it on Facebook, but I get emails from them periodically. Yeah, no, but but please go ahead. Well, so anyway, I'll I'll try to um I'll try to pull this up in real time so you can actually um look at the article that I was um shown today from them. But they they have this recipe where you can make cold brew using your sous vide and because of the temperature that you keep it at and because of the water circulation instead of taking 12 to 24 hours which is the typical brewing time for cold brew you can evidently do this like in as little as two hours yeah that's not cold brew 150 degrees is not cold brew that's hot brew so that that was that was sort of my question too, but the article does address that. And it, it does say that I guess 150 degrees tends to be a sweet spot where you're speeding up the brewing process, but you're not quite putting the coffee through the same process that it would be with boiling water. So we're going to pivot really. F- uh, so I appreciate you sharing this article, but this brings up a very, uh, a different conversation. So looking at the la- second, uh, the last picture and the article right above where it says coffee Nirvana. Do you ever go to coffee shops where they are like, uh, or restaurants where they serve you coffee or drinks in a Mason jar? I don't, I haven't really ever gotten coffee that way, but I've most certainly been served cocktails that way. Thoughts. I think it's fine. It, I th- actually think mason jars tend to be pretty good cups. It's definitely gotten to be maybe done a little bit too much. It's kind of the, as you said, either last week or the week before, where you called the the Model 3 the Honda Civic of the Bay Area. It's become, <laughs> still thinking about that one, because you're not wrong. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm always right. Um, the, the, the mason jars are a little overused, I think. Uh, yeah. Also, I think you're, you're being wary of making a critical decision about this because, uh, this seems like something Jojo would do. Oh, she, Jojo would definitely do this. And she, she would also have just, I assume everything that's coming out of Magnolia press is going to be, oh no, hold on. Can we, can we, can we pivot the conversation again? Sure. So looking, looking at this. I do not like this uh, sous vide article at all. Uh, so, uh, third to last picture. Do you see the one where there's those mason jars on a countertop? Yes. Have you ever seen people's houses where they install the handles on their drawers incorrectly? Like they install them at a 45 degree angle for some reason? I've not seen this until you pointed it out. Yeah. So upsetting. Hmm. Seen it in a couple Airbnbs, and it's always so frustrating. Do they do they do that for the same reason as the the Model Three front license plate? Are they hooking it into some kind of oh, is 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 that the toe hook of a kitchen door? Who even knows? I don't know, man. Anyway, and and to to bring this whole thing full circle, uh, yeah, cold brew, uh, one of uh, WeWork's biggest operating expenses. It's not. It does sound like something that would have been in their S one (laughs) though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I keep wanting to get an espresso machine, but I, I can't, can't be bothered. I know, um, one of the wire cutters, um, upgrade picks, which is a, a Breville unit. Well, so, okay, we have nothing to talk about that's stub- uh, substantive, substantive this week. So there's two models. So there is, um, here's the one I want. So there's two of them. Um... Yeah, but the the only reason I haven't bought it is because it won't fit in my house, or like it it, it the grinder part on top would be like it would be such a pain in the butt to use because of how high it is where my um like the cabinets in my kitchen. But this is the one that I want. Yeah, I think this this was the this is the one that the wire cutter recommends and was on sale sometime last week. I think it was on sale for I think around like nine hundred maybe. I think this is uh, the wire cutter's upgrade pick. It, yeah, but, it, it but is, yeah. They also recommend this one, which is a much more sensible one, and I would have no problem fitting in my house, but it does not have a fancy touchscreen on it. So therefore, the Bambino Plus is, might as well just not even bother. <laughs> yeah, we, I, I've, I've thought about this too, but um, the lady friend, um, before we moved in together, had bought just a Nespresso machine. 
because George Clooney said so. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I, I've over the last few years, I've gotten more into espresso, so I'm I'm becoming a little more snobby than I used to be. But I'm still at the point where, you know, really nice espresso is is probably lost on me. So the the Nespresso thing is is perfectly reasonable, and that unit is super tiny. And Costco actually sells the uh, Pete's pods now, so they're they're pretty reasonably priced. So it's it's kind of hard to justify. They give you the alliteration for free. They do, yeah, they do. So it's it's, it's kind of hard to justify both the monetary cost and the counter space for uh, like one of these brevels. But I but I do admit that the Barista Touch, which is the upgrade pick we keep referring to, and we'll put this in the notes, is a really really sharp looking machine. Like it would be irresponsible to buy it and then literally just take off the grinder on top and have a separate grinder, right? Yeah, that would that would be would that'd be kind of silly. And like, I think part of the whole system here is, at least with most nice espresso machines like this, I think that um, grinder up there on top, in addition to grinding the beans, the actual container that the whole beans sit in before they're ground, I think that's some kind of like vacuum sealed lid, so you can just put the beans in there, not really have to worry about them going bad, at least for some extended period of time, and then yeah, they're always ready just to instantly um grind yeah i assume oh, well. i so i i agree that having the touch screen on here is really cool but i i just have to kind of assume that it's probably really bad it's probably running some like i don't know some android or palm os thing well it's just every, everything's running on windows me like that's that's just how the internet that's just how everything works like have you ever seen like an atm or a safeway uh machine when it's being rebooted and you're like, oh god, it's running Windows XP. Mm-hmm. My, my my when I dipped the chip, this is not safe at all. Yeah. Uh so anyway, so that that's that. Um, Automatic microfoam milk texturing. That's a fe- that's a feature here. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, coming on the iPhone 11. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so uh, the Starbucks thing going back, like I don't know, it feels it feels like a bummer that where Starbucks kind of totally jacked. Uh, Stumptown's thunder by just taking an idea, which I assume is very hard to patent or copyright, and just spreading it out to everywhere, and also charging a whole ton of money for it. And also, they they ruined the healthy part of cold brew, which is they by default, if you ask for it, will try to put on what's called cloud foam, which also is shares a trademark with Adidas shoes, which is very weird. Uh, and that cloud foam has uh, twenty six grams of sugar in it, so they s- somehow found a way to make cold brew unhealthy yeah that's um pete's does that too they've got this i think they call it like cold brew fog or something and it's um the same kind of idea it's just loaded with cream and sugar and that's not how you want your cold brew the only cool thing i'll say about the nitro thing is coffee coming out of a tap is kind of neat yeah but like the texture and everything about it i'm just I, I don't hate it. Like if 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 it's the only option, I'll have it. But it would never be my first choice. And same with so the thing with beer, like nitro beer, is it to me sort of just tastes like flat beer because there's basically less carbonation than regular beer. But to me, carbonation is like one of the best parts of beer. So taking that away is never going to be a positive in my book. Mm-hmm. And you get kind of the kind of the, the creamy texture same same way that you do with nitro cold brew which mm-hmm. eh, i don't know just isn't it's not really my thing yeah all uh, right yeah i think that's mainly it's slow week yeah it's too hot too hot for news <laughs> all right what's uh yeah i think that's it all right what's your chef special so I, I don't have a chef special, but I'm I'm just going to tease that we've got a big topic, big camera related topic coming next week, and I'm I'm hoping that we'll get a, a future chef special out of that topic. I'll 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 leave it there. Yeah, that's Vegas L. Like it. <laughs> um. Wow. So this may be our worst episode. I don't have one either. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
Let me. Well, actually, you know what? No, I. Th- I'm. Can I? Can I'm also going to tease something. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to. I'm going to make a pick, but I'm also because it's been hot. Uh, I'm going to give a people a drink recommendation, and then I'm going to tease that next week I might have an app recommendation. Ooh. So I have gotten back. Do you, you know what a Paloma is, right? The yes. Drink? Yeah. That's. Uh, don't tell me. That's grapefruit and. I'm going to say gin. So it's, it's generally, vodka it's, maybe. No, it's generally uh, tequila or mezcal. And, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They, that's and then bad. grapefruit yeah. soda or grapefruit juice and uh, like simple syrup and then fresh squeezed lime juice. Right. And it's great. Like it's, it, 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 it's really good. It's a, it's a good hot day summer cocktail. Um, and I, 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 I have totally gotten on board with it. And a uh, quick little research for people who might be trying this. Um, you, I've tried it three with three different uh, types of uh, grapefruit uh, derivative stuff. So the the number one pick is going to be the San Pellegrino grapefruit soda, which sugar content, not great. Like when you think of how many ounces of it you're putting into the drink, you're probably getting about 18 grams of sugar in it. But like, keep in mind with most cocktails where you'd be adding simple sugar or simple sugar, simple syrup, which is basically simply sugar. Um, it's probably fairly comparable, but that is probably the best one. Um, then there's also an in-house Trader Joe's one, which is elderflower and like grapefruit. It's solid. Uh, and then in a, in a distant third, even though I've been getting way back on board the uh, grapefruit uh, spindrift train. Yeah, I don't think it translates to this drink, even though um, Spindrift's website says it does. But yeah, but, but the Paloma is a very, very good warm day summer drink if you want to mix things up. So do you, you, I mean, you've given the people some some grapefruit soda recommendations. What about the tequila? So here's like, that's, I, I'm bad at that. Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, um, hard liquors well at all like i'm I'm decent i'm a, de- a decent sommelier with um like not not just sparkling waters but i'm actually decent with with most wines but yeah I, I i know almost nothing about um harder liquors which is why i um had to get your recommendation for the bule i'm saying that only for your benefit <laughs> right the bullet even though it's misspelled the bullet bourbon and uh rye whiskey so yeah so i i honestly have no idea i just got a 25 dollar thing of some type of tequila from trader joe's and, it, and it's it's satisfactory it's apt so next time next time that you're due for some more tequila would highly recommend just the the kirkland house brand tequila from costco I don't have a costco membership man eh, but you, you you know the trick with costco oh but i don't I, I feel dirty by doing that isn't that the whole thing where in california or something you're you don't need it to buy liquor which if like i don't know one going anywhere to only buy liquor just feels weird to me. I don't know why. <laughs> it is entirely a self conscious. I don't. Thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't have that problem. Bevmo's a wonderful place. I don't like Bevmo because they do the ID swipe. I really don't. Oh, they don't ever do that with me. They do it a hundred percent of the time. Not with me. And I look older than you. I haven't. I haven't been carted at a Bevmo in a long time. That is so weird. Yeah. When was the last time you were at a Bevmo? Two weeks ago, maybe. So weird. Yeah. Okay, but maybe maybe it's because you're a member of Club Bev. That maybe I I do give them my phone number for that, so maybe they... I, I don't I don't I I I don't want to sound like a tinfoil hat person, but I don't want my liquor purchases like in in uh, like in a big data set. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really care about that. Yeah, uh, my spendthrift purchases though. Yeah, the next Target <laughs> breach, they're <laughs> some somebody's gonna link something onto like haveibeenpwned dot com, and they're gonna be like, this guy buys a lot of sparkling water. Um. What were we talking about? Oh yeah. So what was it? Which was your recommend? Oh yeah, Kirk, uh, yeah, Costco tequila. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the silver tequila from Costco. You get like four gallons of it for about twenty bucks, and it's 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 also good. I'm I'm also wary of or not wary, but I I just don't have the con- like I don't want ever to buy uh, liquor in gigantic quantities. This feels weird. Yeah. So I actually I I don't I don't disagree with that. The only alcohol that I really legit regularly buy from Costco is is the the big thing of bullet they have because that, that's kind of just nice to have on hand and I get you know I get a bottle of that and it lasts you know I don't know three four or five months something like that yeah 
Um, yeah, and then to bring it all around, yeah, I, I uh, if if you are um, uh, Mister Mrs. Moneybags, you can go buy uh, like kind of like the Nespresso thing. I think uh, what doesn't George Clooney have his own tequila with like Brad Pitt or something? I think he does. Yeah. Uh, what is it called? Casa Migos is a tequila company formed in 2013 by George Clooney and Randy Gerber, whoever that is. Anyway, got kind of all all parts of the day covered. Got your espresso in the morning and then your tequila in the, the afternoon and evening, followed by another espresso. Mm-hmm. And then the cycle repeats. Mm-hmm.